back. That's why I say it's good what you do to challenge me to get out on the ice because I always had a bit of fear around ice fishing. Introducing the new line of float suits by Ice Armor by Clam. With patent-pending motion float technology, it combines the security of a premium float suit with maximum mobility. Using a baffled, segmented design of the flotation material, we've created a line of float suits that are comfortable and flexible so you can stay mobile on the ice. Breathable, waterproof, and flexible. Our float suits have all the great features you expect from Ice Armor by Clam. Stay warm, stay mobile, and stay safe with the float suits from Clam Outdoors. Pursue the ice. Welcome to the Woman Angler and Adventurer Podcast, inspiring real women with a passion for fishing and the outdoors to go get their adventure on. Now, here's your host, Angie Scott and Barb Carey. Welcome back to another episode of the Woman Angler and Adventurer. This is uh, part of our series of Women on Ice, talking about the Women Ice Angler Project, and I'm Barb Carey here with my co-host, Angie Scott, and our guest today is Christine Houtman, the famous author known as K.J. Houtman, and Christine, I want to thank you for being on the show today. Well, thank you for inviting me. Now, uh, you know, I explained kind of on the prior episode a, a little bit about what this project is, and it's just not an ice fishing project, it's a media project, and when I was uh, putting this thing together, you know, when you think of media, there's all sorts of types of media, you know, whether it be radio, television, print media, uh, social media, you know, there's so many factors nowadays. And we needed somebody who was a good print media and uh, a, a writer to tell the story of what we were trying to do. And I was so happy that I knew Christine Houtman from a glow and I asked her to be a part of it and thank goodness she did. What did what did you think when you first heard about this, Christine? Well you know, I think you and I started talking when you joined the Clam Pro staff that you really needed some new photos. That was kind of where this nugget of an idea started where um we were I wrote the press release for you joining, which was kind of big news at the time. And uh from there we were really digging a little bit deeper to say, gosh, we need we need some really good high quality photos. Maybe we could reach out to our friend Hannah Stonehouse Hudson <laughs> and maybe make that happen. And before you know it, we were starting to put three or four or five and it kind of grew into this idea that we needed to get great images of women ice fishing so that they could be used in the press releases and the news media that we were trying to get out. And so I was happy to be a part of that from the beginning with you, Barb. Well, and not only a part of this, but, you know, I just want to say right now, thank you, because Christine has been a huge mentor to me in my career as a professional angler. And, uh, you know, we everybody needs a mentor in their life. And I'm so thankful for you. And what you've done for me is I can't even explain and, you know, just like um, this podcast with Angie and I, I mean, having people that are kind of that you meet that kind of put your life in a whole new direction. And and that's what kind of what this podcast is doing. And this is what you've done for me, Christine. And uh, it's just unbelievable. And in your experience now, you have been involved in the media and fishing industry for many, many years. Let's talk a little bit about that in your history with 
running the big circuit walleye tournaments and all that. What, what, how'd you get started in all that? Gosh, you know, it goes back even longer. We're talking 25 plus years ago. I worked for the American Sport Fishing Association when it was even before that name, the, the name prior to that was the American Fishing Tackle Manufacturers Association. And I worked in the sales and marketing of the international trade show, which is now called ICAF. So that was my job. I was the exhibits manager for ASA. And I, a lot of my accounts were the tackle manufacturers, the rod and reel companies, the line companies, you know, it was just everybody in the industry, the folks taking the booth space at ICAST were the folks that I was working with. And sometimes it would be small companies that were starting up and taking a 10 by 10 and they were just excited about what it was that they had, the new widget, you know, that they had maybe created. And so that goes back into the early 90s. And that was my beginning of getting into the sport fishing industry. Then I moved to Minnesota and went to work for North American Outdoor Group, which later became North American uh, Media Group. And it was the headquarters of the North American Fishing Club and the North American Hunting Club and several others as well. And so I did the events for that company and we grew to have, oh gosh, I think 35 or more events in one year for our little events department. And after quite a lot of years, I was the director of marketing for the various magazines that were uh, associated with the clubs. And so my background there really was part of a business side of things, marketing and advertising. We bought the Masters Walleye Circuit in year 2000. And so starting in 2001, I ran the Cabela's Masters Walleye Circuit as one of our events. And we grew that to 10 tournaments in the course of the year. And that was a lot of fun, but a lot of work. And it really took my fishing experience from something that was completely just sort of the business side of it and got me in the boat with some of the best walleye anglers in the country. And it was exciting. I learned a lot. I still feel like I'm always learning because they were so good. I tried to absorb as much as I could when we'd be out. That's kind of like when I'm fishing with you, Barb. I feel like I learn a lot from you when we're out there because you've got that same passion and that same dedication. The serious, serious angler that really wants to get in and figure it out. So that, that's how I got into all this. And then I started writing in 2010. Wow, that's a lot of experience. To be able to share that and, to, and make that impactful way beyond, that's the, that's the beauty that being able to tell a story. I mean, not only does she tell great stories herself, she also edits my pathetic attempts at writing <laughs> stories. But so she's, uh, she's good, man. Well, in, um, in 2010, I started writing about what I imagined one of my competitive fishing tournament characters would have been like when he was 10, 11, 12 years old. Because I would hand a check or a trophy to someone. It was mostly men, mind you. There was only uh, the hand of the trophy sometimes to like a husband and wife team for like team family team of the year. There was only one tournament where it was a mother-son team that 
won first place in the tournament, which is wonderful. But let's face it, in the Masters Walleye Circuit, it was 98% male. And so just out of the nature of the, how those numbers rolled up, I got to know these guys where I was handing them a first place trophy, handing them a nice check. And especially in the case of a championship at the end of the year, I mean, sometimes they just were overcome with emotion. And I realized they were accomplishing a goal that they had set from themselves. That wasn't just a goal that cropped up, oh, what should I do this year? Or, you know, I'm going to set some benchmark for where I want to hit. No, this was fundamental to who they were as a person. Being a champion fisherman was something that was integral to their very being. And when you got that trophy or that first place check, it was a dream come true for them. And I watched it happen, especially meaningful when it was with a family member in particular. Sometimes it was with a best friend. Sometimes it was brothers. Sometimes it was uh, father, son. It just was incredible. And so I took that character, that guy, and I made him into a fictional character named Gus. And I've written six children's books that are chapter books for 8 to 12-year-olds. They're called Fish on Kids books, and they are adventures around fishing, camping, and hunting. And Gus is my main character. And you get a chance to walk in his shoes for what that championship angler might have been like at 11. And he's serious and hardcore about being outdoors even then. And he dreams of a day where everyone's going to be looking to him to give him the how-to and the what-for on where to go <laughs> find him. That's cool. What age group is are those books kind of geared towards? 8 to 12 years old. I've had some really good readers who are 7 that have been able to handle them just fine. Okay. Um, they also work really well for that 11 or 12-year-old who might be a little bit of a reluctant reader. So that's why it's a little bit of a wider spread. Gotcha. Um, uh, in schools, I've had some schools in Wisconsin use them in fourth grade. Um, it's been a great fit in fourth grade where pretty much everybody's able to get into them pretty good. So that's um, a sequential series. So you meet Gus in, in book number one called A Whirlwind Opener. And then the, you kind of get a chance to move on through Gus's adventures. And finally, in the sixth book of the series, Gus gets a chance to fish in a tournament. And um, so it kind of takes a little while for it to come full circle to actually see Gus doing what he always dreamed that he would do. That's so cool. I, I wish I had a series of books like that when I was a kid. <laughs> would have got me more you know, to reading. My sister was a second grade teacher. Uh, she's now a retired school teacher, but she was the one that actually kind of put the bug to me with my background in, in fishing to write these books because she said that the boys and the girls would go to the library and the girls would come back with a stack of books and the boys would come back with nothing. Mm. And she would say, what's the matter? And they'd say, well, I couldn't find anything. And it was frustrating to her and her husband's an avid hunter and a fisherman. And she just said, you know, I always thought there should be books for books for boys that was more about hunting and fishing. There's so few. And so that's when I took it and kind of ran with it. And 
Um, since then, I've been able to write for not just the books. I've been able to write for some magazines. I carry my Gus storyline into a series in the National Wild Turkey Federation youth magazine called Jake's Country. I write stories, and then they hire an illustrator who does kind of a colored pen- pencil sketch to kind of give you a, like a little comic storyboard that goes along with it. It's cool. kind of fun. So has Gus, cool. Has, I didn't know that. Has Gus been ice fishing much? <laughs> Gus, Gus has not uh, been ice fishing. I haven't had a ch- I haven't had a chance to write a winter series too much. Okay. So I'll see what happens. Well, you know, and there's so many other great books that she uh, has written in the past, and she's got this new one coming out. And I'm I'm gonna and it's about women hunters. But that yeah. I, that's going to be a show all on its own. I definitely well, want to have you back to talk about mm-hmm. that specifically. What's the name of that one, Christine? It's called Why Women Hunt, and it's coming out in uh, March of 2019. I think we'll have some press copies that we can give you early so you can read up ahead of time. Um, so I had, sh- should have some of those available for you at the end of January. Awesome. Yeah. So back to the Women Ice Angler Project, you know, connecting with Christine has really been the, you know, from the very beginning. I mean, she she was the one that was in the business. I had no idea, you know, and she was like, well, you know, you could do this or you could do that. And she, I'm like, oh, really? And having her there <laughs> as really the foundation media person has been, it wouldn't be anything if it wasn't for her. And, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, I don't, I don't always know what I'm doing when it's time to get out there and figure out where to find the fish. And that's one of the things that Barb brings to the table. And that's one of the things Shelly Holland brings to the table. And, but when we need to figure out how are we going to fund something through sponsorships or how are we going to get our media footprint out there? That's one of those things that I've done out of my career and I can bring that in. And I've said to Barb, I'm probably the weakest link in terms of the skill of the anglers of these gals because they're so good, but I'm thrilled to be a part of it because you, you challenge me to do more than I ever would choose to do on my own. You push me outside my comfort zone. You make me face my fears. You make me try harder and I'm a better person for it. So I just got to thank you too, Barb. <laughs> well, you know, the the other thing that people probably don't know is that she is actually our official cook. <laughs> she brings us this mm. food that she brings <laughs> that is just amazing. Because, you know, when you're working all day, when you're leaving at, you know, 530 in the morning, you're leaving the house and then you're just bringing something with you to eat and you get home, you know, and you're exhausted and you've been out in the cold all day long to have something like this. What it was that elk chili or what was that? Antelope venison chili from mm-hmm. my antelope. Yep. Out in Wyoming. Yeah. I mean, she harvests this wild game that she cooks into this unbelievable stuff that she feeds us at the end of the day. <laughs> You know, awesome. I, like to eat well. I like to eat well, I mean, you know, so I'm not into fast food and give me a choice between making a good dinner and staying in and going out to a restaurant for dinner. Nine times out of 10, I'm going to want to stay in and cook because I just think that you end up with 
better food in the long run. So um, I like being able to bring that to our team so that we're kind of taking, you know, taking care of. And they kind of call me mom, although at this stage, I'm really Oma, you know, grandma. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's been, it's, it's, (laughs) you know, and that's, that's one of the great things. I mean, grandma's on the Women Icing Project. How appropriate is that? You know? (laughs) Yeah. There's so many. There's so many women that in that age group that are avid anglers. Barb knows she likes to use this phrase: "If she can do it, I can do it," mm-hmm. and that has been very fundamental for me too. Because I took up hunting in my older years, so I began practicing to shoot a bow fifty plus, and I learned to hunt in my fifties. And so I kept thinking, should I even try? Should I even take this on at such a later date? And I realized, yes, you have to seize the moment. You have to grab life by the horns. Why not go for it? And I realized it was part of my fear that was holding me back. That's why I say it's good what you do to challenge me to get out on the ice, because I always had a bit of fear around ice fishing. I had convinced myself in my younger days that ice fishing was only for men with bad marriages. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. I, I figured they would, all, they would do anything to get out of the house was kind of how <laughs> I looked at that. I mean, it must be bad at home, you know. So that's the way my head was sort of wrapped around it. And even though I had all this other connection to the fishing industry, and even though I was in, although open water was from March until October, you know, so winter was my off season. <laughs> winter was when I would travel and do golf and stuff like that, go to warmer climates and play golf and, and run golf tournaments and stuff. And, and so I remember somebody asked us about running fishing tournaments. And I said, you know, I think I'll just turn around and run if anybody brings that up. <laughs> So it really was a bit of a leap for me to get involved. And I have had so much fun. I'm so glad I got pushed to explore and experience because if somebody wouldn't have pushed me, I probably wouldn't have tried it. And I wouldn't have realized the fun that comes from it. The It's like Christmas morning. Um, it's always that excitement after drilling holes and getting set up with your vex and, and it's like, okay, what are we going to do? And let's see what we can get. And it's a surprise. I think it's one of the reasons why kids love fishing. It's this surprise on the other end of the line. And, and it's this adrenaline rush that a lot of hard work has to go in to get there, but it's worth every minute. Well, I'm glad you brought up the, the, you know, facing your fears thing, because that's one of the themes around this year's event I read, um, which I think is really cool. And it, the fact that it's taking place on Lake Superior, it just all kind of comes together. Yeah, it's the one place oh. I had told myself, I'll ice fish, but I will mm-hmm. never ice fish on Lake Superior. <laughs> <laughs> And now you are. (laughs) And Barb, once again, pushes me outside my comfort zone, challenges every box that I want to put around life so that I go 
explore and push them wide open and I'll be better for it. Believe me, but it's not without some angst. Uh, the first time I had to drive a truck out to the Northwest Island, um, <laughs> or the Northwest angle up at Oak Island up in, uh, Oh my gosh, up in Lake in the woods. I was scared to death. How many miles did we drive out there? Like, is it 17 miles across the lake? <laughs> it was a, it was a ways, yeah. <laughs> Gosh, oh, you know what? Yeah, that's you know, and it's there's there's a whole lot more to the story about this year's project with facing your fears, and we're going to get into that more when we have Hannah on, but. You know, it's like you can't you can't sit in the house because you're afraid. I mean, that's kind of, and it's nice to have people that challenge you and challenge. You know, that's who you should be hanging around with. People that make you better, make you step outside and get more out of life. That's you know, I'm lucky to have found both of you gals as far as that goes. Angie's just projecting me into this whole great podcast thing and Christine you've been just such a mentor from the beginning and it's uh it's amazing the first time I went to publish my first book the fear was through the roof and I realized that to do something like that you really had to be vulnerable and you had to put yourself out there and is somebody going to complain about it or is somebody going to take pot shots at it or is somebody going to criticize or blah, 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 blah. You can come up and dance around all those things in your head of why you shouldn't do something. And on the other hand, are you going to change the world or one person even? You know, I always feel like there's a reason that we write. Sometimes it's for changing ourselves because whatever it is that we have to say, whether one person reads it or a million people read it, we needed to say it. We needed to have that moment where we get it out because it's cathartic to spend that time and think about what it is that you have to say and need to say. And then you do that and things change. Sometimes you're healed. Sometimes it's out there and it's better because it's out there. And I just feel like writing is one of those things that can make, you know, can put yourself out there. And I just think anytime you go in terms of sort of that public arena as a professional angler, as a professional media host, you're, you're out there too. And it's good for us to be challenged and it's good that we bring something forward because not only are we changed when we do that, who knows how many people we might inspire. And I think that's where incredible power comes. And it certainly empowers other women. Well, you know, it's, uh, that's why, you know, we're a good team, you know, we're a good team together. Everyone brings something good to the table and, um, being able to even, even people listening to this podcast, I mean, this is going to go, who knows, Christine, maybe some new author will actually start, writing because she heard what you had to say and um that's what we can just hope you know we leave this place better than we found it and we made a difference in other people's lives and i think that's why i do this it's not about the fishing you know i used to say it's about the fishing but it has very little to do with the fishing 
it's about these relationships that we have with each other and hope we can bring to other people that are kind of in the same path that we are just looking to be better. That's what it's about. Well, I sure like what you're doing and um, I'm honored to be a part of it. And I enjoy being able to write whatever we need to have written and uh, be a part of that message. But I love how the actual ice fishing is something that I continue to grow. And I learn a lot when I get out there with um, you and Shelly and Bonnie and, and uh, Chantel and Hannah. And it's just, there's so much skill that, um, it's great to set that standard and it's great to show that women dial it in, women get it figured out, um, and we can do the work. You know, there's, there was a time when maybe it seemed like it was physically too challenging, but not, not only are we stronger, we've got equipment now that seems to fit for us a little bit better. So we can manage the augers a little bit easier. We can manage a pop-up hub style shelter or or put something on the back of a sled and 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 pop up a one or two seater clam shack you know so it this the way it's been created now is easier and that allows us to be able to be independent i'm uh this grandma of six right and so i have to work hard to be out there doing it so if anybody gets this sense that if she can do it, I can do it. I sure hope that they see this, uh, can I call it, is it elderly at this point? Please, Lord, no. But, um, <laughs> hey, I do have watch hair, so watch it, Christine. Oh, <laughs> yeah, be careful where you're going there, because we're the same age, okay? <laughs> so don't, don't be going too far down that road. <laughs> I better put the cane away. We're not there yet, but but I oh like having to be strong for. Like I work out at the gym. I lift weights. I have a trainer, and I do a lot of weightlifting and a lot of powerlifting. And I like having a reason to do it. I want to be strong enough that when it's time for me to lift or carry or be strong enough for an entire day, like Barb said. We're out the door at 5, 5.30 in the morning, and it's quite often 12 to 14 hours later before we're getting back. And that's physically, that can be physically exhausting. I'd like to have a reason to be strong. I want to be strong so that I can turkey hunt in the spring. I want to be strong so I can pull my bow back. You know what I mean? So I think that having a reason to be strong is really healthy. And Getting outdoors is one of the places that I really feel connected and rooted. It makes me healthier. Um, I feel spiritually a little bit more connected to the world around me and, um, and the creator. So I like all of the components that go with hunting and fishing. And I just include ice fishing in that. And, and Barb's really opened that wide open for me thank you well you're welcome and now we're going to open that up for angie (laughs) yeah i can't wait (laughs) yeah she's going to be a relatively new ice angler so that's going to be fun you know 
and Christine, I didn't know if you know, but Angie signed up. She's coming to the event, so it's going right. to be awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I like the fact that we started to open this up for the Saturday, and it gives us a chance to be a little more connected and open that, kind of roll out that red carpet and say, come on. Sometimes maybe that's all somebody needs is sort of that invitation to join in and an excuse to give it a try. And I think media-wise, we've got a great footprint in terms of who's been covering what we're doing. So the word's getting out. I think we just are able to reach more people, and I like that more women want to join in. Well, you know, we had a gal sign up from Arizona. Did you hear that? Oh, wow. (laughs) How does a woman in Arizona (laughs) hear about an ice fishing event on Lake Superior? How does that connection happen? You know, that's some good media work right there. (laughs) Well, I'm going to assume she's a snowbird from Minnesota or Wisconsin, and she's down there and going to come up. But usually those snowbirds, they get out of the snow, and they don't want to come back until April, right? So, Yeah, it's, it'll be interesting. I'm looking forward to meet everyone and figure out what the story is. So anyway, Christine, thank you so much for talking with us today, and I'm really looking forward to the project. And um Again, thank you for everything you do for me and for all these other women and kids out there in the universe. And you're just awesome. I can't wait to have you back on the show and talk about that uh, new book. Thank you so much. Look forward to it. Take care.